1: to bird's eye view when it comes to the orioles this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion today is august 28 2017 and this is episode 215 my name is jake english and i'm scott magnus and in this episode we have to admit it's getting better and we're also going to try to put the mustache back on alex trebek and we'll do that right after we lubricate the show that's right it's time for the drink of the week scotty what are you drinking this week uh Jake, I am drinking a River Horse Cherry
0: Berliner Weiss. It is a German style wheat ale aged with tart cherries. Um
1: meh, it's okay. Yeah. Wheat strike one, cherries strike two. Yeah. There's a hippo on it that's got lipstick. All right. But eh. you can't slap lipstick on a beer. Uh, I've gone back to a beer I've enjoyed before. This is the Oliver Brewing Company's 206 IPA. Uh, it's decent and drinkable. I give it a, uh, a three out of five stars a solid meh a solid meh I know it's it's enjoyable I, I am enjoying the drinking and if you would like to see uh, what we're drinking and how we're scoring it, please feel free to drink along with us socially on untapped. you can find me at Jake E. 4025. You can find me at MAGN eight six zero six. 606. And with that,
0: let's go find out who's been dabbling in the medical wing. Wait a second. Check-off. There's got to be an error here. I'm looking at the notes and there's nothing.
1: Well, there's one notable injury. Did Buck sprain his ankle or something? It's it's an injury we're trying to work around in the shortstop position. Tim Beckham's hurt? Tim Beckham is not hurt. You shut your mouth. Tim Beckham is not hurt. No, the Orioles are really actually pretty healthy, which is a nice thing. But they do still have that lingering injury that, well... They're going to have to work around when he gets back. Of course, we're talking about J.J. Hardy. Oh, do I need to play Hurt now for the third week in a row? No, no. I, okay, good. I, uh, I, I I, give up on that one. He is in AAA, uh, you know, enjoying the change of the tides, so to speak. And uh, I, I assume he'll
0: Ooh, be... Ooh, that was low for this program.
1: I assume he'll be back in Baltimore in
0: September. I think the big medical condition is what's going on with Zach Britton? What's going on with the knee since he went in for his MRI? And he didn't come into the game on Sunday and Brad Brock had to go out there and get that extended save. I'm not saying that I'm completely surprised by it, but it is a question now of what is Zach Bertrand going to be able to give you um, going forward?
1: Sure. It certainly doesn't feel like a very bracing situation. Boo again.
0: With that, let's go to hundred recorded characters or less this week on the Twitters. You know, it's bad when rock is surprised. Rock tweeted as follows during the last uh, Wade Miley start Miley escapes jam. Strike out and pop up. Hashtag Orioles. Uh, and then um, he tweets this following. Shutdown inning. So, yes. I think Rock is kind of playing up the the, the aspect of how big shutdown innings has become uh, on the local beat writer scene. Even though shutdown innings are pretty common for any baseball team, as much as we don't like to admit it. They're pretty common for other
1: baseball teams.
0: I, I bet you that if we went through it, the Orioles would be right in the middle for shutdown
1: innings. Look. I don't want you to be right. I don't want you to be well-mannered and even-tempered. I want to re- emote and stamp my feet. Our next tweet comes from a good friend of the program, David Piskorik, who tweets, of course, at David Piskorik. Uh, he is making a trek. He and his family are taking a trek around the country, getting as many ballparks in. I thought it was just Major League ballparks, but alas, pictorial evidence that that is not the truth. Here is a tweet. Uh, a, a Picture tweet from Norfolk, and the uh, the text is as follows. Anila, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, says, JJ, my mom loves you. And well, Anila, I think you speak for all moms in Birdland. So are you Anila's mom? Uh, I might be. Okay. And I have it going on. Uh, JJ, if you're listening, and I know you're not, the moms love you
0: next tweet will be go to um well jake doesn't get this joke uh but i i personally love it it's come from the onion at the onion game of thrones viewers reeling after finale unexpectedly kills off fan so a uh, lot of lot of a lot of people die uh, a lot of people die of course game of thrones is all about the surprise uh the uh anticipation of not knowing what's going to happen um and and season seven ended on Sunday night. Um, so Jake, we can go back to being nerds and other paradigms um, that we both share, and not in Game of Thrones. We don't have to talk about the show until probably 2019. All right, Fair by that point,
1: Manny Machado won't be with the Orioles. Stop. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about a conversation we have every year, dating back to 1850. This comes from Dan Zemborski, of course, at D Zemborski. Baseball is doomed! Exclamation point One 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 one. It's a, uh, it's a link to a tweet talking all about how Major League Baseball is the top-ranked, top-rating uh, television programming in many, many markets. Now, I will say, devil's advocate, that uh, cable television and television in general taken a hurtin' from the streaming and the fact that there are so many uh, cord cutters. But I think that even when that's not the case, baseball does very well, uh, is a very strong competitor locally. Uh, baseball may not quite dead yet. What? I would never expect that um, baseball could rise like
0: the Phoenix from the ashes and, and come back to life. Perhaps like it almost as like, like White Walker.
1: Is this, a, is this one of those references? It may be. I'll have to look it up.
0: Yeah. Wait, is this allowed? Um, John Heyman tweets at John Heyman. Yanks and Red Sox have acquired the most extra international bonus pool. Um, expected to be right around 3.25 uh, million extra each gearing up for Otani Derby. And of course, this is in reference to Shuhui Otani, which is a uh, labeled the next Babe Ruth uh, from Japanese baseball. Jake, do you think the Red Sox and the Yankees will be going off to a uh, international uh,
1: free agent uh, at this time? Can I ask you a question? Sure. What is this international bonus money that we speak of? Uh, it's a triple A player, a double
0: A player and a single A player. <sighs>
1: yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I have a tweet that I want to aim directly at our good friends, the Baltimoreans. I I would like to point out this is a decent nickname take. Stan Charles, who of course tweets at Stan the Fan, still think Trey Mancini's nickname should be Moon River. Henry Mancini wrote the song, and when Trey hits one, they look like moonshots. See, I like that. That's a thinking man's it's a thinking nickname. one. That's that's definitely a good one. That's definitely a good one. If you're listening, Sam and Alan, other people are doing your work for you. That's nothing new for them. You know, Scotty, we've been going around the bases. Yes. Where we take four different topics and we, we analyze them at great depth. I just don't have it in me this week. I need to do short, quick hits. Can we find some way to wrap this up in some sort of ridiculous theme? Let's turn on the lights and get a
0: little seductive. Sexiest potpourri ever for <laughs> 200. Gonna love it that's right baby let's turn the lights low and let's mix business with pleasure oh yeah oh yes that was a lot
1: more to love Ooh, yeah. oh yes
0: it's time for sexiest potpourri i've
1: missed the sexiest potpourri Uh, we, we used to do it a lot and, uh, well then the Harry Palms got in the way.
0: Yes. And again, it seems like a perfect opportunity for us not knowing what the heck is going on with Orioles baseball to throw it all together and get a big old mess on our hands. Scotty. Yes. I want to talk about the players weekend. Sure. I I knew you would want to.
1: I hate to admit it. I think I liked it. I think I enjoyed the players weekend when they announced it. I was like, wow, that's stupid. And the more I saw, the more I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that the uniforms were ghastly. They were just absurdly awful. But on the other hand, I think they were also fun. Mm, I think we're going to look back at this weekend three years later and say, yeah. I I don't know. I think it's here to stay. And the thing is, I don't look at this this uniform set the way I look at it from the turn ahead the clock games. Sure. I think that this is, one, a way that the um, MLB will try out new uniform ideas, will maybe preview some things that we'll see in all-star games. And of course, they'll sell more merchandise and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing about the Players Weekend that I think was really important. We have talked about ad nauseum, the fact that Major League Baseball doesn't market their players well enough, right? they're one big asset, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, those are the guys that you need to be selling with. Tell us who these people are. Tell us what they're like. Show us a little something about them. Let them show a little flair. Be fun. And I think, to a certain extent, that's what they tried to do. That's what this was about. And I think that if this is what they're trying for, it's only going to grow in the future. I mean, would it be the worst thing in the world, Scott, to drop the to relax the uniform requirements for a weekend and let MLB sell us on the personalities on
0: the field jake i think we've seen what happens when the mlb relaxes the uniform conditions we get
1: pink and powder blue uniforms so um you know what else we got okay let let's go through the 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 best and the worst of what we saw um and heard first of all nice use of the swinging bird logo I do like, we, you know, the Orioles can't be alone in having this really storied uh, history of of logos. It's a nice way to kind of just clear stuff out.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But it comes back to, I look at that hat, and it's still an ugly for us, an orange hat. I know there are people that are very um, fond of that hat and have bought it. Mm-hmm. But I look at it, and I think to myself, this looks like one of those $5 hats that the guys
1: outside of Canyon Yards would sell. Totally agree. Let me ask you this. Put it in all black. What do you think? I'm listening. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I'm listening. Uh. Okay, here's a low point for me. Uh, T-Swaggy? Really? That was a thing that we're doing?
0: I, I, I suppose so. I mean, it, the only good part about it, though, was hearing Gary Thorne call it T-Swaggy. <laughs> T-Swaggy coming up to the plate.
1: And Gary Thorne also enjoyed the heck out of this weekend.
0: I think Gary Thorne was um, having a very good time
1: with himself. <laughs> We missed, however, the opportunity to hear uh, Gary Thorne talk about T-swagging in his master's voice. That's true. I think that would have been... Uh, what about what about the uh, the Red Sox socks? Did you notice that they were all colorful and weird? Yeah. I don't, don't... Why? I don't know, but I found it delightful. Okay. I found it delightful. I'm, I'm apparently a sucker for Players all, Weekend. All things Boston? <laughs> you heard me. Uh, so the, the, the only other th- issue is I, I
0: found it kind of lame um, when certain players didn't get into it. So like Trumbo and Smith, just kind of going with Trumbo and Smith. I feel like you kind of have to go with a nickname, or else what's the point?
1: Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, I, I think here here's something that I think would be cool. I think that the players should get to pick one another's name, oh. instead of them picking their own. And I think that the teams could get the fans involved. Oh, I think this is a dangerous game. So you know those those uh, Masson interviews that they run, like MassonSports.com, where it's like uh, Adam Jones and Chris Davis goofing off for half an hour or sure. whatever? You get those two guys in a room, and they get to have the fans help vote on certain players. You know, Jonathan Scope. All right, guys, here are the three mean nicknames we've picked out. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think think that's an interesting idea. I do kind of appreciate what they were going for, where they were trying to do it as more of a family recognition standpoint. So a lot of players kind of recognize their their heritage or their family or their you know someone that was important in their life, as opposed to something that potentially could have been mean spirited or, or taking offense. Uh, I know that uh, Trey Mancini mentioned, for example, like. Um, He had actually gone for Boom Boom, actually, as his nickname, but MLB vetoed it because they thought it had a violent connotation to the
1: nickname. That's a bummer. Yes. That is an absolute—well, they went with Boomstick for— Yeah. I'm bummed. All right. Well, maybe, just maybe, uh, Players Weekend is is here to stay. Maybe next year, Scott, there will be enough fun that they will bring you fully in on the fold. And hey, second Baltimore plug, maybe it'll help start the foundation— of next year's nickname on it. Now we
0: will probably get that in call
1: it June of 2018 by stuff of Baltimore and
0: tendencies to record at a decent time interval.
1: I need your help. Sure. Tell me something about this Dylan Batanza situation that happened this week.
0: Um so we, of course we know about the whole Tigers and Yankees situation with them kind of getting into fisticuffs and of course Dylan Batance um threw and hit someone hit someone's head and I guess the question comes back to, did he do it intentionally or did he not do it intentionally? And that's where people are having this argument.
1: You tweeted out something very interesting, I thought, which was uh, to make a comparison between Major League Baseball and the rules that they lay out and other workplace safety incidents. We always assign blame and intent and talk about how difficult it is to assign intent, and did that person really mean to do it, or did they just screw up? You tweeted out something where you said, basically, maybe Major League Baseball should treat this like any other workplace, where accidents can end up in some sort of punitive action, like OSHA. Yeah, there's no such thing as an accident, per
0: OSHA. It's always, it's an an incident report, is the best way to describe it. So any single time there's an accident, it's the aspect of, something could have been done to prevent this from occurring, and there is always a corrective action that is normally has to respond to it in order to make sure that this incident doesn't happen again uh, for the workforce. I, I think that's kind of a heavy handed use in, the, in terms of a metaphor for myself. But I think it comes back to this whole aspect of, well, accidents like that happen. This is the kind of the same talk we had when Manny got drilled. Um, it was, well, you know, that's kind of just par for the course. And so it's like, no, this is not par for the course repercussion and discipline has to be handed down. Um, it doesn't have to be as severe as potentially other things that you know someone did it on purpose, but there has to be kind of some form of discipline. Uh, whether or not they want to suspend them, that's fine, but a, a fine should have come down is the best way to describe it.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that I, I agreed with the take, but it was super interesting the fact that that I'd never considered that before. You know, whether or not you, you meant to or not, something bad happened and deterrents are there. I guess they had to update the no beanballs since whiteboard. Can we stop talking about the Yankees? Sure. Okay. Can we talk about how the
0: Orioles are literally sending out playoff tickets right now and saying, please give us money and um, you know, go ahead and buy your wild card game, your uh division series games, your
1: ALCS games, and your World Series tickets now. They're printing playoff tickets. This what? sounds this sounds like the beginning of a joke. Like I'm waiting for the punchline. I I feel
0: like the Orioles are contractually obligated from the printing company to (laughs) say if you are within X amount of games, you have to offer those tickets to be printed so that we can charge you a ridiculous service fee.
1: (laughs) I I do feel, though, that from a um, just from a logistical standpoint, if they are somewhat close, they kind of have to do something. I mean, how many teams do you think are printing playoff tickets with the way the AL is with the wild card? Mm, probably a good amount. I, I wonder if that's just going to be par for the course. Like, it would be interesting to me to see at this point if once the playoff dates are announced, if every team just prints them out. So do you think like the Blue Jays are basically offering playoff invoices? No, nah, and I don't think the White Sox are up to it either, but... I wonder with the development of the wild card race and the fact that it has the opportunity to either reward the teams that are just not good enough or having a really good season and, and can't make the push or rewarding complete mediocrity that we'll see the other half of that. I mean, let me ask you this though. Uh, what should we do with those unused Oreo playoff tickets? Because, you know, once you get them, they have, they have a date and everything. It says Orioles, you know, 2018 or 2017 uh, playoffs on such and such date. What, what are you going to do with all your unused Orioles playoff tickets? Uh, I still use my 2014 World Series tickets as a bookmark to this day. It's funny. I, I have a bunch of bookmarks. I also, you know, the World Series ones are really big. Um, and so I have, this, uh, I have this tray that sits on my nightstand and holds like my keys and my wallet and stuff like that. And I, it, it just papers the bottom as if it were a bird cage. So that's that's what I use mine for. I would think though that you could like, you know, make some some pretty cool art with them, you know, hang them, mount them, maybe make nice coasters. We're not looking at this the right way, Scotty. This is Orioles unused World Series tickets. I think it could be used in some sort of like really sad art. So I'm hearing Orioles
0: playoff origami.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you could fold it into a crane, you got something there. Mm,
0: I'm thinking we, like, fold it into, like, various incarnations of um, Orioles' failures, basically. So, like, the one we can fold up and it can be the one where, like, Manny Machado's on his back, like, holding his knee. Oh, man. Um, and then we can do another one where, like, Brian Mattis is throwing the pitch and, like, the ball is going over his head.
1: You're uh, you're not looking back far enough. What about a an origami Glenn Davis? Uh, that's not playoffs, so that's not appropriate. You're right; it's not playoffs. Armando Benitez, <laughs> you got to punch that ticket. Yeah. Um, next topic: attendance. Derek Arnold has been needling me on Twitter. He sent us a message just tonight showing an empty Camden Yards and says, "Hey, can we stop? Dr- or can we start drumming the attendance drum just yet?" I say no. I say that the Orioles are completely reaping what they've sown in this year, even though they are so close to being in contention. I don't blame people the way I have in past seasons. Where are you on that topic? I'm very
0: meh on this topic. I think it's until this weekend occurred, nobody thought the Orioles had a chance coming into this week. So I can't blame people for making plans outside of this week um, that did not involve the Baltimore Orioles.
1: Let me ask you this. How embarrassing will the attendance for this season be if the Orioles do make the playoffs?
0: Uh that it'll get filled as the best way to describe it, but it'll be filled all of that last week when the Orioles are basically begging people to buy tickets. Not to mention, you know, coming back to the invoice thing we talked about before, there's no chance the Orioles are gonna host a wildcard game, so why would I buy tickets for a wild card game? Um so they gotta get past the wild card game. Um and then they gotta get to the division series. I I I'm in a similar situation to where I was in last year, which was I bought my season ticket package knowing that if they got past the wild card, I would have playoff tickets, but I didn't believe they were going to get past the wild. Well, I just say, I didn't think it was likely that I was going to get to see that game. Sure. I was hoping for it, but I, I was skeptical. Um, Let's see. Uh, I, I want to talk about something else too briefly. And it was uh, fans booing Zach Burton for blowing his first save in 61 attempts. Um, I, I don't understand this. And I know a lot of beat writers were very confused about this too, but I remember listening to it on the radio and hearing the booze, and I was like, what is going on? Like, this makes no sense. We suck. Yeah, I mean. As a
1: fan base, we suck.
0: I mean, are you kidding me? Like, I I don't understand. Like, if that happens, and I'm an usher, I have to be going to that person and saying, okay, we're going to escort you out of the building
1: now. You've obviously been drinking too much. Yeah. You know, you can say what you want about Zach Britton and the season he's having, and whether or not health is a factor, or whether the bloom has just come off the rose. But whatever the situation is, he was very, very good for a very, very long time. And we should not have too short a memory to know that Zach Britton was absolutely untouchable when we needed him the most, minus that one game in Toronto. But that's something to be celebrated. And the game that he blew was just one against literally 60 others. Right. Ugh.
0: I mean, it's an AL record, is best we describe it. Um, just falling short of the Gagne record, which was, I what, 83? But you look at it, and you look at the performance, and there was no one more confident when he came into the game than Zach Britton. And it's this aspect of, streaks are meant to end, and... It was time for it to end. Um, so there's many times there was Zach Burton skirted out by the skin of his teeth. Time, it was time is the best way to describe it. And in all honesty, I'm glad it happened. The Ors were able to come back and win it. Uh, and that's, that's all that matters, really.
1: I'm also glad it happened this year. I yeah. mean, he was great in 2014 when we needed that. Oh, he was yeah. great in 2016 when we had a fun year. Right. I would hate for that to have come crashing down when we needed it the most. Right.
0: Yeah, very frustrating.
1: You know, up and down, good and bad. Scott, let's take a break and see if we can mix these two things back together. All right, highly relevant to baseball. Highly relevant to baseball, Scott. I want you to consider for a moment the songwriting duo of John Lennon and Paul McCartney. And when you do consider them, you have to acknowledge their mastery. Can I stop you right here? Sure. So I read a crazy theory,
0: and you probably have heard this theory before, but it's the first I've ever been exposed to it this week. There was a theory out there that Paul McCartney actually died and he was replaced. Did oh. you ever read this This, this theory?
1: Yeah. Well, welcome, Welcome to the world of crazy.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like there are people out there that actually believe this. This
1: was the the classic internet conspiracy theory before the internet was a thing.
0: Okay. I also read something even crazier this week. Did you know that Natalie Brudley is Torn was a cover? <laughs> no. Apparently Natalie Brudley is Torn was a cover.
1: Oh well, now I'm gonna have to go back and find the original. Yeah.
0: Anywho, continue on.
1: You have to acknowledge <laughs> their mastery. <laughs> I think is what I was saying. <laughs> uh, even when they didn't compose together as often was the case uh, in the in the lads late period the influence of the one generally strengthened the creative output of the other. And one such case of this was the song Getting Better which was off of 1967's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band McCartney ever the optimist penned a song with lyrics that said I have to admit it's getting better a little better all the time. And what was Lennon's addition to the song? Well, the cost of counterpoint, it can't get no worse. As was the magic of the Beatles, so too is the Orioles' 27th season. And yes, I believe I did hurt myself with that stretch. As excited as we are over the Orioles' very, very fun sweep of the Boston Red Sox this past weekend, we have to acknowledge that there hasn't been much to be excited about recently, and there's also the chance of that being a limited engagement of fun. So last week I tried very hard to walk Scott off the ledge, bringing in my McCartney-esque optimism, but here's the thing. The Orioles are still in it, and it is undeniable. The other side of that coin is that they are still in it, well, mainly as a result of the incompetence of others, and really because of their quality of play and not the Orioles. So let's just review where we are, where we stand right now. We have to admit, after this weekend, it's getting better. But that's only because it couldn't have gotten any worse. As of Monday uh, Monday night, before the game, the Orioles were two and a half games out of the wild card. They're playing a team uh, for three games that they have to leapfrog in order to make the wild card in Seattle. Uh, Scotty, if the Orioles get hot just once, is it possible that they can keep it close just like they have, and fight through to the wild card. Yes. Um, the impossible
0: happened this week is the best way to describe it. Uh, the Orioles swept the Red Sox, but not just that. They had the opportunity to leapfrog several teams ahead of them because everyone decided to lose right at the right time. However, I will warn us about this because you have warned me many a times on this podcast I believe the Orioles are suffering um, through a symptom, which I would like to be called the Jimenez effect going f- forward. Uh, what is the, Can we not? No, we're going to go with it as the Jimenez effect. You never go full of baldo. A paper will be published in the near future, okay? So, through the Jimenez effect, um, you are brought back through the ebbs and flows of very good baseball, and you get this tease, this kind of this aspect of, oh, well, If they're playing that well right now, that has to continue and the trend has to occur in the future going forward. But as we know with Jimenez, uh, it's a situation where he can be a Cy Young candidate one game and at the very next game, he could be a single-A pitcher at best. So I take back to the fact of the Baltimore Orioles during this period of time have been really, really good and then really, really bad. So Jake, after coming off a four-game win streak, you have to look at it and say, Yes, the Orioles may not lose four in a row, but their precipitous decline, um, let's call it maybe halfway through September,
1: will be soul-crushing and disastrous. So here's the thing that I've been saying all season. Sure. We're running out of games to make a run. We're running out of time. They have to get better before time runs out or there's going to be no more sand left in the hourglass. But I'm starting to think that they're running out of time to be bad as well. Like, they've, they've kept themselves in it so long that really all of the other teams are running out of time as well. And if they can remain, I hate to say it, if they can remain mediocre with one good run, right? And maybe we're in the middle of it. Or maybe maybe it's yet to come uh, against some of the opponents that they have. Or maybe, maybe. we're right in the middle of the meh. <laughs> maybe we're in the middle of the mediocrity. But I am more hopeful now about the Orioles' chances to... Make a, an improbable run at that second wild card than ever before. And I think that so little of that has to do with the Orioles' actual performance, and more of it has to do with the rest of the mess, the slop of the AL.
0: I hear what you're saying, and that it, it definitely is a slop. It's as if no one really wants to kind of run away with it. And that's what we kept talking about it is someone eventually is going to run away with it. Uh, we've talked about it in similar seasons where the Jays basically got hot and they mm-hmm. ran away with it but no one is seemingly playing great baseball right now in the American League um that makes you think wow they're they're unstoppable similar to what we're seeing with the Dodgers right now Houston is probably the closest to it but again over the past 10 games they're playing 5 and 5 as well everyone is kind of meh right now is the best way to describe it um and and the Orioles are taking advantage of that meh and
1: leapfrogging a few teams in the process can we just can we just hop on the fantasy mobile for a while we can uh, I want you to imagine something. Let's Imagine get, all the people. Let's get crazy for a second. Okay. Let's say the Orioles make it to the playoffs. They become that second wild card team. Okay. If the wild card number one situation were to work out in such a fashion that the New York Yankees were the team that the Orioles would face. Sure. How do you feel about a one-game playoff in New York? Do you I, think the fact that the- I, I feel about the same way as I did going up to Toronto last year? Really? A- well, tell me about that. Do you, Do you feel that the familiarity gives you an advantage over, say, the Angels or or whoever else might be in that that spot?
0: No, because I I feel like it's going to be one of those soul-crushing exercises. And I believe Joe Girardi will go to the bullpen about um, 38 times.
1: Well, let me counter with this. Um, one, Raul Abanez will be kept in whatever crypt he is, he is hiding in now. Possibly. He could still be signed by August 30th, true. and he could actually
0: be on a playoff roster. You're not
1: wrong. Second, it is very unlikely that Nate McClough will hit the foul ball. Uh,
0: I think Nate McClough is dead, but
1: <laughs> only to you. <laughs> No, I, I think in that improbable fantasy world of mine, how sweet would it be?
0: Uh, I think we've said the same thing last year when we went to the Blue Jays series of saying, you know, this is a way for us to come back and get um, satisfaction for the why not season in 1989. And I, and I do think of that way, too, because that's the same way I felt in 2012, going in and going into the Yankees and saying, it's time for us to exercise our demons and uh, those demons were not exercises during 2012 not whatsoever
1: um i i don't remember how that ended up i'm I, it, it's escaping me yeah do i need to go pull out the origami again <laughs> um but they get i mean real talk they get creamed in five game series right i mean if they if they make it through the wild card game they're 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 toast right so if they go against the
0: astros which i'm assuming they will um if they were to get through the wild card game then yes they would probably get destroyed um i'm thinking um we're gonna go with a healthy seventy five strikeouts and a three game loss
1: <laughs> oh jeez must be must be the new led lights <laughs> yes all right um so how how did we get here? It had to be the pitching, right? I mean, yes, the Orioles clobbered the hell out of them in that one game uh but the pitching the starting pitching has been much more dependable as of late. Can we hope that this can stick around, or do we think this is a total fluke? Total fluke. I mean, you looked at the Red Sox series, and you looked at how they did with runners in
0: scoring position. Come on. Like, it's it, it's not going to happen. I mean, it'd be nice if it happened, but it's not going to happen. The Orioles starting pitching is who we thought they were, is the best way to describe it. Um, they're not that good. Um, and honestly, it's going to have to rely on the bullpen to really pump up this team going into September and Buck's going to have to get awfully creative with how he's going to be using his pitching staff and um, the 40-man roster in order to get through September.
1: So we got a, a, a visit from the Babbitt-Bluck dragon, is what you're telling me.
0: Uh, yes, along with a bunch of people that were injured on the Red Sox. But um, you take advantage of that yeah. situation when it comes up. I mean, a win is a win. Um, you don't look at it and say, well, that team was a lesser team because we've said the same thing when the Orioles lost two out of four from the Athletics, and we said, man, they should have won three out of four there. But if you win against bad teams or you win against good teams that are short-handed, you take it, basically. So all credit to the Orioles for winning those three games, no question about it. I I personally don't think you should be even looking at the Yankees, though, for the playoffs. I think we should be looking at the Twins because I think if the Orioles are going to get into the playoffs, it's going to be in a play-in game with the Twins to go and be able to play New York. Game 163.
1: Game 163. How cool would it be to be in two do or die play in games? Um excuse me, a, a do or die play in game followed by a do or die playoff wait, game. When you say cool, um how much how, how much alcohol is there in the world? Can you imagine a talk radio the next day? <laughs> oh man. This fan base would be literally beside itself looking next to them at themselves. Yeah,
0: it would be pretty bad. Um look, uh, I understand the Orioles are coming off an incredible high for the weekend. But, Jake, I, I've got to say, I'm still very pessimistic. I look at the Orioles. I look at who the teams are ahead of them. I look at the twin schedule, and I just don't see it. I still think the Orioles have um, maybe not a 0% chance, but I still wouldn't put it above a 10% chance right now to win, it, get, it in, get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think that they're suddenly world beaters. I, I guess that my previous expectations were so low. That when I look at the time remaining, the chances are only, wait for it, getting better. Is that where you want to end it? That's what my... You feel creative about that, don't you? That was what my dramatic mic drop was for. I mean, I didn't drop the mic or even motion, but I thought it was poetic. gotta keep insisting on baby you sure do swing when it comes to kissing i just got to keep insisting on daddy you are the king baby you got me beat up and down inside out and across So I love the fact that you did let us end there, but not without making fun of me first. That's, Absolutely. That's vintage Scott Magnus. Well done, sir.
0: Yeah. So um, another win by Jake English this week. Um, what can I say? It's 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 infuriating is the best way to describe it. I was
1: visited by the Babbitt Luck Dragon.
0: You were visited by the Babbitt Luck Dragon. So Kevin Gossman uh, put out a better whip this week than uh, Dylan Bundy. Scott.
1: Scott. Yeah. Kevin Gosman whipped Dylan Bundy. Did he, did he whip it good? He whipped him.
0: So, Kevin Gosman, 0.91 whip. Uh, Dylan Bundy, a 1.17 whip. Uh, but Jerry Mehelixson whipped champion this week at 0.57. Who could have possibly known? Yeah, who could have possibly known that? I just, whatever. That's fine. But both actually, Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman had some great, uh, great starts this week. Um, I think we picked some decent players there. But, Jake, you take the lead to five to three to two um so we got to come up with a new category so jake do you have a category in mind
1: no i i won so i don't have to pick the category
0: all right so this week what we're going to go with is uh we are going to go with
1: hits just just hits allowed or 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 no from from hitters all right so it's got to be somebody up top in the lineup it's got to be somebody who's due for a good week Uh, You know, the obvious Chalk is maybe a Scope or a Machado. Scotty, I'm going to take the Cap 10. All right. Well, I'm going to take Chalk, and I'm going to take
0: Manny Machado, who uh, didn't have a great week this week in terms of batting average, but I'm kind of hoping that he turns it around later this week. So Manny Machado is going to be my pick for fantasy boss this week. But more importantly, Jake, it's wild card time. (laughs) So, Jake, I asked you this question. Which player is going to hit the next 450-foot bomb for the Baltimore Orioles? Scope. I like that a lot. And I'm going to keep with chalk. I'm going to go with Manny Machado. Those are the,
1: the, the best two choices you got. Yes, I mean, you know, the I think the the other choices are Trumbo or uh Davis, Davis but... but- it really Not seems really feeling like, it lately. Nah, the two of those guys have have the best chance of hitting them. I agree with you. So uh, we got a little wild card going on. We got some hits going on. You know how I love me some wild cards.
0: And we will find out who will own it. And with that, it's time we go find out who was good, who was bad, and who was ugly.
1: That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and get started. My good for this week was, well, starters not named Tillman and Jimenez. And as Scott said, look, maybe it was luck. Maybe it was just good sequencing, favorable sequencing, but whatever you want to call it, they were pretty good this week. And that's nice to see. Even... Even Wade Miley put in a salvageable appearance in his most recent game. And uh, when you look at starts from Gosman and Hellickson going more than seven innings, when you look at Bundy going his strong six, um, you know, these guys could be depended on for a team that desperately needed it this week. So were they rock stars? Not always. But for this week, the starters not named Tillman and Jimenez, they were good. All right. My good for this week is going to go to Miguel Castro, who I think single-handedly
0: saved a few baseball games there. here, hear. hear. Um, his peripherals are not that good. 8.44 Ks per nine and 6.75 walks per nine. But he was able to get a result and effect on the baseball field that mattered. Uh, Miguel Castro gets my good for the week.
1: All right. You want to talk about peripherals not looking good? Yeah. Let's talk about Michael Givens. Oh, Yes. Michael Givens has been bad. He's bad this week. And, uh, you know, he couldn't be counted upon to collect more than one out the other day. I, I wonder if Michael Givens is showing wear and tear in the fact mm. that he had to be dependent on kind of the way Brad Brock fell apart that one year that he was the all-star. Michael Givens needs to get himself back together. and needs to go to being a dependable, relied-upon arm in the back of the bullpen, particularly if the Orioles are going to pray to play in the postseason.
0: Jake, I'm going to go with my bad for this week, and it's going to be Zach Britton. And, you know, he did have a blown save this week. He is going through some injury concerns, and rarely has Zach Britton ever been in a bad. But in this given case, he's bad because of the blown save. But I think we need to emphasize again, it's so rare that Zach Britton is bad that this is an asterisk on an otherwise great streak for him. So well done, Zach Britton,
1: on a great streak for the for, for AL closers. Sure. You were both just and wise. Uh, my ugly this week is on that same vein. If you booed Zach Britton, you were ugly this week. Ugly—that is the—that is just—it's a Bush League fan moment. It was embarrassing. You know, have a little have a little respect for yourselves, shall we? If you booed Zach Britton, you were ugly. Jake, my bad or ugly this for this week is going to go to um, it's going
0: to go to a Dan Duquette, and I've got a big beef right now to weigh with him. And it's Johnny Giavitella coming up for the Baltimore Orioles for seven games and being paid $1.1 million to play seven games for the Baltimore Orioles and no longer playing for the rest of the season. Um, just a ugly situation to kind of throw money down the drain. And I realize, um, you know, it's not our money, but you come back and you look at how frivolous the Orioles have been in terms of giving away um, international signing bonuses. And you think, If that's the way the Orioles are going to spend their money, are they really using it in the most wise situation possible? Um, And I I just think it's a very ugly situation. Um, And the Orioles need to get better with those fringe players and
1: not throwing money away
0: that they don't need to.
1: And this is not the first time that we've looked at the Orioles' dead money and thought to ourselves, why couldn't you have spent that money on real talent? Sure. You know, it was just this time last year, I think, that we were looking at all the dead money in the book saying to ourselves... What gives? Right.
0: I think one of the most obvious ones was um, the Alejandro de Aza arbitration, where they said, we're going to go ahead and sign him again for $5 million.
1: And at the time I said, why? I think somebody lost a bet. I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, it, it made no sense to the point. I was like, I understand he was valuable for you at the end of the season, but Alejandro de Aza is not a $5 million player. At best, he was maybe a $1 or $2 million player at best, but... The Orioles have a tendency to think they have, you know, more value in these fringy type players and are willing to pay for it and and I'd rather them kind of restock the farm system instead. So very frustrating, very ugly situation for the Baltimore Orioles to kind of throw away money like that. Jake, why don't you go ahead and uh, end the show and do a little blow in the save?
1: Scotty, I will occasionally use this time to hop on my soapbox and open the newspaper and go through some some of the news. And the news is terrible. Every day it seems that we look and see an ugly side of ourselves that we wish wasn't there. But when we look at the news this week, there's a terrible situation that does not ask us to take sides or do moral gymnastics or make excuses. And I'm, of course, talking about uh, Harvey, the tropical storm that is now ravaging Texas. And I would encourage everyone to go out and find the Harvey relief charities that you can find reputable, find them and make a donation of any amount. Every little bit helps. And doing that is much better than sending thoughts and prayers or changing your Facebook profile picture or any of the various things that we think that will make us look good. Go out and find a charity to provide basic services to people that desperately need it right now, we all have the the chance to be very decent human beings in the face of some very truly awful event, uh, events. Please consider donating. In the show notes today, uh, we're going to put a link to a couple of the the charities that you can find. There are some really interesting ways to make sure that you find good charities. One such way is an organization called Charity Navigator, which is a nonprofit that independently rates over 8,000 charities, compiles a list, and makes sure that the money that you're donating is going to the right place. We'll make sure that link's available to you, as well as a list of other uh, charities that are, are well-known in the Harvey um, situation. Scotty, if you'll allow it, I want to take one last look at one last tweet, here's a tweet from Mark Berman, who tweets at Mark Berman Fox 26. Hashtag Astros and Rangers will play their upcoming series at Tropicana Field in Pittsburgh, Florida, because Rangers refuse to play ball with the Astros. And there's a quote from the Houston Astros. Astros president Reed Ryan said, quote, you've got a major storm that's disrupted everything. We went to the Rangers and said, hey, let's switch series. You guys have our home series, we'll take your home series. They rejected that and didn't want to do that. The Rangers wanted us to play the next three days at their place, but they did not want to trade series with us. They wanted all six of our games at their park. The fact that the Rangers refused to go home and home with us, we had to look at all the options that were out there. We had to look at our players' best interest, and we had to look at the integrity of the schedule. The Astros will now play the Rangers in Arlington September 25th through the 27th. I mentioned before, we all now have the chance to be decent human beings, you know, kind of like the Rangers mourn.
0: Yeah, this is a really sore subject for me. And I I saw Ken Rosenthal put a tweet out about this saying that it would be inconvenient for the Rangers season tickets holders to have to trade their tickets in and potentially have to rearrange their schedules, which I can find to be a complete, um, you know, dismissal of logic. I think anybody that would have said, hey, we're doing this. Anybody in that area would have completely understood and said, "Eh, you know, I understand it may not be convenient for me, but I'm willing to do it." And the Rangers could have easily said, "We'll be willing to accept any tickets back as repayment for this, and we are going to donate it to families in the area and and, and kind of take the loss for it." But instead, the Rangers said, "No, nah, we we really want those gate those gate checks if we could possibly get them." So um, we're we're going to go ahead and do that, and we're also going to want to get the concession money out of it too. The Rangers, um, yeah. Big fail on their side,
1: so. And that, Scotty, that's our show. Remember that you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. And Birdseye View is
0: available on iTunes, um, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. We'd appreciate a rating and review.
1: It helps establish what we call a social proof about the show and encouraging new listeners to check it out. Bird's Eye View is a proud member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. You can find this show on baltimoresportsreport.com slash network and also on baseballtalkradio.com, the home of great baseball talk. You should come and engage with us on social media. You can find us
0: on Instagram, Facebook. I hit Google Plus down here, but really, who uses Google Plus anymore? Snapchat. Um, but the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at B
1: A L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond. I bid you all a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore.
0: Be safe out there, and let's go O's. No, really, let's go O's. Like, it'd be nice to have meaningful baseball in September, even though I don't think it's going to be the
1: case. Get it in gear, O's.